Hello, and welcome to Not Your Grandma's Attic, the podcast where we podcast. I'm your podcast cat. And I'm your podcast host, <laughs> Caleb. And today on our podcast, we will be discussing a very... Well, actually, we're going to be starting our first series. Um, it's too early for this, but no, it's not. <laughs> it's currently 1.45 p.m. <laughs> I, I meant in, um, I, I meant too early, like in our, um, we haven't made enough episodes yet, but basically I was at Goodwill and I found a, so I found something that I really, really liked and I started doing some research into it and then I found some other stuff I really, really liked. So we're going to do this first and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite side hobbies, which is um, alien UFO conspiracies. Oh, very <laughs> good. I'm excited about this. All right. So the book today is UFO Healings, True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials by Preston Denton, artwork by Christine De Dennett. Oh, I said Denton. Dennett and Christine Dennett. Are they a husband and wife pair or? I believe so. Okay. Like I said, UFOs, aliens and UFOs are one of my side passions. I highly enjoy reading about these things, although I definitely don't believe in them. But just as an aside, I so mean, this... Hmm? Do you believe that life exists on other planets? Yes. Do I think that aliens are coming and kidnapping random people from cornfields? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, nor do I believe that the UFOs are here, here to heal us. <laughs> so, But I could be wrong. So uh, this book was published in 1996. So Whoa. I have a little link here. with The some... height of alien culture. Bro, we live in the height now. Nah, like, back then, people were all about aliens. Like, the little green man and all that stuff. And this is Bro. also fitting, because I watched Independence Day the other day. Okay, okay. But they didn't have alien and UFO conventions, okay? So, that's all I'm saying. That's because they didn't have the internet. They couldn't organize. They had the internet in 1996. Not, not the way it is now. That's true. All right. So... Uh, Preston Dennett has read, has written a lot of books. So if you go to PrestonDennett.Weebly.com, um, and I'm on forward slash reviews of Preston Dennett's books.html, you will find some of his many books, um, onboard UFO encounters, schoolyard UFO encounters. And if you want to go to this and look at these, uh, covers with me, they're hilarious. <laughs> Um, PrestonDennettWeebly.com. Yeah, PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Here, I'll... Is this book. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. You found it? Okay, yeah. Nice. <laughs> the red background. Yeah. Um, let's see. We have... I got to tell you, his, <laughs> face, his face matches um, the personality, as it seems. Um, where is it at? On the home, the home tab. Oh yeah, no. Look him up. Um, don't look at. Don't trust his pictures. <laughs> also, what does the three sixty at the bottom here mean? Do you see that? Here, I'm looking. Give me a second. God, I'm useless. We're high quality podcast. High quality podcast. Now I'm gonna have to do more editing. 
360? I have no idea. I didn't notice that the first time. It counts up to 360. <laughs> I figured it was maybe a page hit counter or something. I haven't yeah, seen I one of those in a long time. <laughs> also, I like how he put Preston Dennett's official YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So this picture is obviously pretty old. Have you ever watched Ancient Aliens? I have maybe watched it a little bit, but not like, you know, willingly. Oh, okay. Because I love Ancient Aliens. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and... um. If you look up a picture of this guy now, you will recognize him because he's been on Ancient Aliens, I believe. Um, or maybe it's maybe it was a different show. It was one of those type shows. Okay, so he, if you look up his IMDb page, um, he has been in UFO Hunters, Unsealed, and Ghost Adventures. So I was actually wrong. It was, um, I think I'm thinking of Unsealed Conspiracy Files because I remember watching that. Yeah, you'll um, recognize him if you're into the UFO community. I I would not consider myself part of the UFO community. I just um, not in the UFO fandom. I I don't. I just enjoy it from afar. So let's see here. Goodreads, our boy. One. Let's see. There have been several. There have been six ratings and one review. The one review is. Great read about the healing power of UFOs and their occupants. From Abraham Ray. He rated it five stars back in January of this year. So that's pretty exciting for for Abraham. Okay, closey close. What is this? And I believe, so our boy here, Dennett, um, he's part of MUFON. Do you know what MUFON is? Mm-mm. Okay, it is the Mutual UFO Network. Um, uh, it's one of the big um, UFO communities. And if you go to their website, MUFON.com, M-U-F-O-N.com, you can see, um, you can put in research or look at research. You can look at UFO news. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, what? Hear what? Oh, Samu just, like, screamed. Oh, no, I did not. Sorry. <laughs> Concerned. Um, you can track UFOs. Um, there's MUFON TV and the MUFON Journal. They And they try to be, you know, they act, like, very scientific. Like, uh, the 2020 International MUFON Symposium and... Um, MUFON congratulates Congress for 2021 agenda containing UAP disclosure reporting bill. Have you heard about this e- either? No. Um, so basically, they're going. Congress is going to be releasing some um, different files. I believe it's FBI. Or no, no, it's not FBI. It's government, like Army and everything um, about advanced aerial threats. So, And they think that that's going to be aliens. My conspiracy theory is that the government purposefully um, encourages alien conspiracy theories to cover up, like, secret weapons testing. And that's my conspiracy theory. (laughs) Oh, no. They definitely... I, I would say, most likely, the whole UFO thing was born out of, like, the Cold War and stuff. Or even before that, because it started happening in, like, the 40s and 50s. I, I guess that's when the Cold War was. <laughs> <laughs> I 
anyway i i think that it gained popularity because of the cold war and stuff and that there were actual ufos and there were actual but they weren't aliens they were either russian or american like you're talking about like tests and stuff and then Mm. their aliens became popular and the government wasn't gonna be like oh no it's not aliens oh it's the russians or whatever so now it's just like a good thing and they encourage it in some ways yeah which is basically what you said but (laughs) so anyway so we begin our book once i find it and pull it up Let's see here. I originally found it for free online because I'm not going to, I wasn't going to try and buy a hard copy, but it was really hard to read that way. So I just spent, I I bit the bullet since we're getting so much enjoyment from this. I'm not going to steal. It was actually republished pretty recently. Um, It was originally published in 1996. And then he's republished it at some point, and it's 300, 300 true cases of, what is it, people healed by extraterrestrials, when previously it was 100. <laughs> Preston Dennett became inve- uh, began investigating UFOs and paranormal in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. Since then, he's interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field researcher for the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, a ghost hunter, a paranormal research researcher and the author of 26 books and more than 100 articles about ufos and the paranormal his articles have appeared in numerous magazines including fate atlas rising mufon ufo journal nexus paranormal magazine ufo magazine mysteries magazine ufologist phenomena phenomena magazine outer limits magazine and others his writing has been translated into several different languages including german portuguese french russian and icelandic he has appeared in numerous radio and TV programs. His research has been presented at the LA Times, the LA Daily News, the Dallas Morning, Dallas Morning News, and other newspapers. He has taught classes on various paranormal subjects and lectures across the United States. He currently resides in Rosita, California. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he made sure that the one guy in Iceland who likes to read his stuff could read it. Amen. <laughs> The Icelandics are actually also aliens. Maybe we'll get to that to some point in my series. But Okay, so preface. Our opening line is, Anyone who has done even the smallest amount of research into the subject of UFOs knows that UFOs are real. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Sure, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, an an overwhelming amount of evidence supports this fact. The evidence comes in many forms, including eyewitness testimonies, photographs, moving films, radar returns, metal fragments, landing traces, animal effects, medical effects, historical accounts, and thousands of pages of documents from literally every governmental institution in the United States. There are much more important questions to answer, such as, what are they? Why are they here? And where do they come from? Where did they go? Where did they come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Uh, so <laughs> we've completely removed the question, are UFOs real? And we jumped right into, why are they here? 
Um, Obviously, to heal, they're doing good. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like in um, what's it called? It's like when you're reading the Bible, you have to go into the Bible believing in Jesus, or else it's not gonna you know make as much sense. Or you know, you gotta already have faith. Let's see. So we have faith that the UFOs are real, so we're gonna keep reading. So in the preface, we learn that there are three typical scenarios of a UFO healing. Um, person awakened in bed, told he has a disease by aliens, and they can cure him. After being probed, he is cured, wakes up with all traces of disease gone. Can you see anything wrong with that? Um, getting probed? That's pretty... Uh, no. And then, uh, probably the fact that you just dreamed that aliens did that because you woke up after it happened. I would imagine yes. that's what actually happened. You just dreamed. Yeah. Well, the first thing I noticed was person is awake. Their person is awakened from bed and told he has a disease by the aliens. So the aliens told him he had a disease. They cure him and then he wakes up. <laughs> it's like okay, that was a dream, <laughs> like you said. Um, our second scenario. A person is hospitalized. The patient is visited by a strange doctor that holds a small instrument over the patient and may administer medicine in the form of pills, quote. <laughs> um, all signs of disease are gone. Uh, that kind of sounds like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if aliens are going around healing people and they haven't been doing anything about corona, pretty, pretty selfish aliens. This is true. How about all of the other pandemics through history, too? <laughs> <laughs> They just kind of waited us for us to figure it out eventually, unless the aliens are the ones that gave us the cures, but they also haven't given us any cures for the many types of cancers either. Wow. They just pick and choose who they want to heal. Or AIDS. Or Okay. <laughs> okay, so person is driving along a highway, UFO makes a pass over the car and engulfs the car in a beam of light. The UFO leaves and the person is no longer sick. Okay. <laughs> so, um, only one of those actually involves being taken by the alien, which is the first one. But there, I, I think it's implied that either the you're you're either taken or it just happens where you're at. I guess there's different types. Okay. Also, there's this really great quote from the preface where it says, "Too many people have fallen into the trap of fitting the evidence of fitting the evidence to fit the hypothesis," which is I, hilarious. <laughs> at least they're self-aware. Let's see. So, um, it also talks about um, he uses Bud Hopkins as a um like kind of a reference in here to kind of build his credibility and i recognize the name bud hopkins let's see and i pulled up some references about him where did he go i'm gonna find him up 
Okay, yeah. So his interest in UFOs and alien visitations began in August of 1964 when him and two others reported experiencing a daytime sighting of an unaffined uh, UFO in the form of a darkish elliptical op- uh, object off Cape Cod. Um, dissatisfied with the response Hopkins received, he reported the incident to a national air force base. Um, basically this guy has also written a bunch of books about aliens and he's the one that writ- that wrote the book. Um, have you ever heard about the time there was like a UFO off of the, what's the bridge in New York? What's that called? The famous one. I'm not sure. I don't know much about landmarks. Oh, well, I can't find it in the notes I left myself. But basically, Bud Hopkins wrote that book, and it's also not very good, and maybe we'll review that one on this one as well, on this podcast. And so... I like uh, how he... He was like, I got a UFO to report to the Air Force base that probably was the cause of the UFO he saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically <laughs> um, how it be. So chapter one, why aliens make good doctors. Um, they talk about a roper pole. This roper pole is, um, do you know what that is? No. It stood out to me because I knew what it was. <laughs> so in 1991, um, so roper polls, basically they do different like polls of people and like scientific garbage or whatever. And it was a poll basically about um, if like when people have sleep paralysis, if they think aliens are real. But anyway, basically our author here tries to use it as a um, as proof that there are thousands of recorded cases, but there are likely, there are likely millions. <laughs> basically, what likely? He tries to use that poll to say that that's just not true. Uh, the alien's interest in medicine is once again illustrated by the following case. Oh yeah, this one's just funny. I won't talk about this one, but um, basically, aliens are good doctors because. Um, they've spent a lot of time looking at humans and they're fascinated by us. And there's a, he gives lots and lots of proof about, um, why, but basically can be summed up is the aliens have shown themselves to be outstanding pilots, superb hypnotists and excellent scientists in the field of medicine. However, extraterrestrials are unparalleled. Their medical technology and procedures are far in advance of our own. Their knowledge of the human body is also way beyond our own. This is evidenced not only by the reports from the thousands of people who have been examined aboard UFOs, but from the many accounts of healings. It, I feel like it kind of shows how selfish we are as a species that we would think that if aliens existed out there, they would be obsessed with us. Like, why would they care about us at all if they could fly over here? Why are they taking the cows? <laughs> Cow mutilations, why? Why do they want to heal sick people? It doesn't make any sense. I have no idea. Oh my goodness, I'm so tired. So, chapter two, medical evidence. We have a couple different things that can cause... um, Let me see here. 
what is my note here? Psychological effects. Oh yeah, so here's some psychological effects of an alien abduction. Let me know what you think about this list. Tingle or shock, dizziness, noticeable body temperature change, unexpected joint or muscle stiffness, motor skills affected, uh, levitation of the witness, <laughs> eye irritation or impairment of sight, ear, ear irritation and impairment of hearing, nose irritation or impairment of smell, a burning sensation or actual skin burn, skin rash, cut or gouge, headache, loss of appetite, nausea, extreme fatigue, sleep disorder, or other. So, like, I, what was, what did you want me to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange list of symptoms. It's like um, those are all things that can happen to you if you see a, a UFO. Okay. Um, also, a lot of them just sound like normal things that can happen to you any day. Uh, it, <laughs> Other than besides low levitation, levitation yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, there's also one interesting story from this chapter. The ETs told her that they were very interested in her body and needed to do some tests. She was placed in a device which twisted her feet painfully. She was also put on a stool that seemed to undergo quick accelerations. Then they placed her on a, t on a table and proceeded to pull both her eyeballs out of her sockets. <laughs> the eyeballs were placed on each cheek and remained connected to her head by various arteries and connective tissue. Stafford remained conscious throughout the entire episode. She was unable to observe how they performed the operation. As she says, the power just drew them right out and laid them right there. After a few moments, the ETs replaced Stafford's eyeballs, and then they returned the three women to their vehicle. The witnesses were left with only vague memories of what happened. Stafford, however, reported that her eyes were extremely painful. <laughs> I, I, probably so. In the week following the encounter, she also became inexplicably paranoid about going blind. Finally, the burning sensation became so overwhelming, she sought the assistance of a physician who told her that her eyes had been exposed to something, most likely an irritant. In fact, it was Stafford's insistence on seeking help that eventually led to their case being investigated. Well, then and she wasn't. Him. She wasn't healed. She was experimented on. <laughs> yep. Well, some of, he gives he talks. Um, I'm not gonna go over these two chapters really. If you really want to know why aliens why aliens make good doctors and the medical evidence for it, um, you can buy this book for ten dollars on Kindle like I did. But um, yeah, it's basically just uh, some of the aliens come and experiment on you, and some of them heal you. So let's see. Part one: healings of injuries. Our medical science has yet to advance to the level where a single laser-like instrument can make a cut disappear. Human medicine is limited. Let us see. That is true. So, okay. Chapter 3. Hands and Arms. We begin our exploration into the healing power of UFOs with 10 cases in which people have been healed of injuries sustained to their hands or arms. As with all accounts in this book, the cases are presented in chronological order. We begin with the first UFO healing case on record. Case number one, broken arm. In what might be the earliest UFO healing case on record, one afternoon in 1914, a young boy was riding his tri... His triangle. His tricycle. <laughs> Just love riding my triangle down the road. <laughs> okay. Riding his tricycle along a path near the town of... 
something Scotland. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. When he crashed and he believes broke his arm. So a young boy believes he broke his arm over 100 years ago. He sat there crying for a few moments when a little man about two and a half feet tall suddenly appeared evidently to help him. The boy says that somehow the little man healed his heel injuries almost instantly. In- his injuries almost instantly. Who are you? The boy asked. The little man replied that he was a gnome. The boy said he looked more like a leprechaun, to which the man replied that no, he was a gnome. The, fi- the figure ran off when the boy's parents arrived looking for their son. He told his parents what happened, but they didn't believe him. Years later, however, he stuck to his story, saying that he broke his arm and his injuries were healed by a gnome. This case was investigated by William Michael Mott the review- and reviewed by researchers Albert Rosales and Patrick Gross. The above case is, l- is little known and difficult to verify. This next one, however... Okay, yeah. But anyway... Um, so yeah. this guy, he was a kid, like a little kid, fell off his tricycle, tricycle and hurt his arm, and it probably didn't actually hurt that bad. And so his parents were like, "Oh, you're fine," but then he was like, "No, no, me healed me. <laughs> you don't understand." And, and then he was was all, it was also an alien. <laughs> yeah, somehow, but an then he. Though. He stuck to his story throughout all those years, just despite his parents for not believing him. And then, and and then it became an alien somehow. <laughs> cool. This is which this one. It is because it's so old, and it sounds very fanciful. It's kind of like, oh, it's just like a kid telling a story, and it's like really old. This almost sounds like a legend or something you'd hear, you know, but like. A lot of these, you'll not a lot of these, but some of the ones I've picked out and read and stuff are about little kids or people that like something happened or like little kids just stuff happens to them and they just make up shit. <laughs> like or they have weird dreams and they can't tell reality from like not reality because they're little kids. They still think monsters are real. Like what do you mean? <laughs> anyway. So Case 49, Crushed Finger. Born in 1941 in New Jersey, contactee Richard Reichla may have received more UFO healings than any other person on public record. Throughout his childhood, like I just said, he had many UFO sightings. Sometime in the 1960s, when working for a medical firm, Reichla was instructed by his supervisor to transport a barrel of chemicals. To do this, Reichla had to operate a piece of heavy machinery... Wait of heavy equipment called a drum lifter. Heavy machinery is often dangerous, and somehow his index finger became caught in the machinery and crushed. Reichla's screams caused the attention of co-workers, who helped him to free his finger, which was white and terribly distorted. Reichla had no feeling in the finger and was am- unable to move it. He was, p- he was rushed to the company's first aid room, and the nurse told him to go back to the, hos- go to the hospital at once. He took a cab to Middlesex General Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey, where doctors applied an ice pack and prepared for x-rays. Reichla was alone in the emergency room when the ETs, Corin and Nepos, appeared and held their hands over his finger and cured him using body energies. Although the finger was numb for many months, the cure was effective enough to straighten the bone and close the broken skin. When the doctor returned, they found no signs of injury and sent him back to work. Later, Reichla was contacted by the company nurse who had read his hospital file with disbelief. She told Reichla flat out, you were supposed to lose that finger. 
Like she planned it all along. <laughs> you were supposed to lose that finger. She Pedic- demanded to know what happened, and Rykel remained silent about his an- alien friends. That means so literally all that happened was his finger wasn't as badly hurt as they thought it was. And the doctor was just like, all right, you can go home. But then he was like, there's an alien. They healed me. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm Obviously, I'm not going to read every story in this. I'm just going to pick some. Um, I've tried to skip over more of the long ones unless they were particularly funny or particularly interesting. So, <laughs> Okay, this one... Let's see. Case 19... or Okay, case 162. Finger injury, dental healing. I love dental healings. Late one summer evening in 1990, Vasily A. of Kolova Base Verk in Komi, Russia. There are a lot of these stories from Russia. <laughs> I just have to say. Um, in Komi, Russia, was lying in bed reading about his... Reading while his wife slept next to him. He heard a strange popping sound and the window flew open. As he got up, he heard a humming noise. After smoking a cigarette, he closed the window and was about to go to bed when he heard a voice telling him to pick up the book and he would be able to read it faster than before. Vasily picked up the book and found himself speed reading it at impossible speed. He then heard a voice which said, we are going to examine you. <laughs> a strange whirling energy swept from his head over from his head downward he heard voices and felt his entire body being scanned including his organs he felt his teeth i wonder what that feels like (laughs) (laughs) he felt his teeth and jaw being fixed which should not have been mentioned before he was having problems his little finger which had been injured earlier was also healed vasily are we supposed to assume that russians have bad dental care (laughs) In the 1990s? They're like, they're like the British, to where every single person who lives there has bad teeth. Yeah, no, they're the they're the, the British of Asia. Sure. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Vasily next found himself sitting on a chair in a very large gray room with no corners. So he's been teleported. Another woman sat next to him. She was more than six feet tall, with black eyes and a tiny nose. He saw another taller, more muscular figure. One of the beings approached him and said that Vasily was going with them. Vasily became fearful and refused. So the figures conform to traditional gender, like human gender looking uh, deals. And they also are, what's the word? Speak Russian. (laughs) Good for them. I like my aliens to have boobs and speak Russian true suddenly he found himself waking up in bed breaking free of a temporary paralysis he looked in the mirror and saw another image of a skinny gray being the humming sound was still present when vasily heard the being speak to him telepathically they asked him why he didn't want to go with them vasily found himself transported back to them where they showed him a strange engine and asked him more questions the aliens then said that they were leaving vasily felt a sharp pain in his solar plexus and woke up in bed the humming sound, which had been present throughout the encounter, now faded away, and Vasily went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounds like a dream. <laughs> See, another thing about all these alien encounter stories that I like, just from my casual knowledge, is like 
they are not consistent at all. Everyone has a wildly different story about what happened. It's like maybe if they were a little bit more consistent, they'd be a little bit more believable. Um, at some point in the series, I hope to get into the different types of aliens um, mm. that people believe that there are. Like, there's obviously the greys, which are the little gray aliens you see. Um, there's several different other ones, but some people believe in these ones that um, are like light beings and they're like angels, basically. And then there's some that look like Nordic people and they seem kind of racist towards the other aliens. So. <sighs> Leave it to Didn't. the Nordics to be racist. Fuck you, Nordics. <laughs> we don't have any Nordic listeners. We don't have any listeners, so you can say that. So <laughs> okay. Case 193. Pulled our muscle. Beginning in January 1994, Chuck Wise, a driver from San Francisco, California. Thank you, Dennett, for telling us that. Began waking up to notice strange marks on his body. Oh, began waking up to notice strange marks on his body. That makes that's way more sense. That's a strangely worded sentence still, though. Began waking up to... No- yeah, you're right, it is. Anyway, we'll move fast this one sentence. <laughs> also, he began to experience bizarre photo phone problems. God, I'm struggling today. I can't even read. Also began to experience bizarre phone problems and strange reading, ringing noises in his head. It was what happened on the evening of February 21st, 1994, that really woke Wise up to the possibility that he was being contacted by aliens. Um, I feel like I could think of a lot of reasons why you'd have weird bo- um, weird marks and ringing noises in your head. Like, and yeah. some of these, it makes me want, it sounds like this person is starting to exhibit like serious mental health problems or psychological problems. And they're just, People believe them when they say they have, like, they're seeing aliens? I don't know. Anyway. Wise was working out on his exercise machine when he strained his left arm. The pain was so bad that it forced him to hold it to his arm his arm tightly against his body. He sat down on the couch and was trying to decide what to do when something strange happened. I felt something press several times against my lower back at the base of my spine, writes Wise. The sensation lasted a good two or three seconds. I looked behind me. There was nothing on the couch, but then I noticed that my arm and chest no longer hurt. Wise was stunned. In the space of a minute, the pain disappeared completely. By this time, he was keeping a diary to catalog the strange events. He wrote, one minute severe pain, the next nothing. This is not normal. What's happening to me? Wise's strange experiences continued, including more instances of healings. Um, Wise did not see any beings during his healing event, but as investigators know, UFO entities sometimes exhibit the ability to turn invisible. Cases like Wise's are unusual. Most healing cases involve the presence of a UFO or an, enti- or an entity or both. So, so they can turn invisible and also just have magical healing powers where they can touch you and you're healed? Yeah. Basically. Hmm. I'm beginning um, to think these people might not be uh, reliable sources of information. This seems and, fishy. And it's so funny when you're reading this. It took me back to when I was working on my undergraduate um, research paper that I did. And like I was reading all of these different um, things about how to write very, uh, what's the word, like scholarly and write like you're writing a scientific paper. Like that's how you're supposed to write. And that's how he writes this book. It's hilarious. Like 
one minute he'll be talking about like references and like all these different things and the next minute it's like and ufo and aliens can just be invisible well if they can just be invisible and they don't want us to know about them then why aren't they invisible all the time (laughs) why are they sometimes not invisible it's like what you said like it's very inconsistent (laughs) wow i wonder like like and if there was like any other people that could like verify that like that guy who said he had crooked teeth and you know a messed up jaw if it's like if he had family members where like he got up the next day and they were like whoa what happened to your teeth and he was like you know if they had any sort but all of these are just like personal anecdotes that are not verified by anyone else no no they're not (laughs) (laughs) and um it's also crazy because like the show this as being very what's the word like they they show this as being evidence for it actually happening just a bunch of personal anecdotes and personal anecdotes can be useful in certain ways when in examining something what yeah i'm recording oh. bye i love you all right <laughs> Okay, anyway. Um, God, I don't even know what I was saying. I need more coffee. Personal um, anecdotes. Yeah, I mean, there's times when anecdotes can be useful scientifically or even medically, but, like, it, you're not performing any medical or scientific tests on these people. Like, there's no sort of, like, control group. There's there's nothing. There's just garbage. There's <laughs> just mm-hmm. everywhere. Garbage everywhere. Skippity skip skip skip. Now we're on to chapter four. Legs and feet. Case 44. Axe wound on ankle. Partial paralysis. This one's rough. On November 2nd, 1968, in the French Alps, Dr. X, uh, I guess that's his pseudonym, and then it says in parentheses next to Dr. X, a physician. (laughs) was was awakened just before 4 a.m. by the cries of his infant son. He found his son looking out the window, gesticulating towards something. So we've already it's already in the middle of the night and he just woke up and he's concerned about his son. So you're going to be spooked already by this. Looking out through the shutter, the doctor saw strange flashes of light. It what he that he first thought were lightning. They probably were. A few minutes later, he looked out to an unshuttered win- out an unshuttered window and saw two luminous discs hovering outside his home. They were white on top, red underneath, and flared brightly at regular intervals as he watched the two discs move to the left and then converged together and became one. The single <laughs> object when shown then shone a beam of light down upon the ground. After a moment, the beam swept forward and struck the doctor in the front of his body. There was a loud bang, and the object disappeared. At the time of the incident, Dr. X suffered from partial paralysis of his right arm and leg. The paralysis was a result of injuries received many years earlier during the Algerian War. Before the war, the doctor was able to play the piano quite well. After the war, the paralysis rendered him unable to play the piano at all, and he he also walked with a limp. Dr. X also suffered from a recent flesh wound on his ankle. It had been chopped. He had been chopping woods three, chopping wood three days earlier when the axe slipped and gouged deeply into his ankle. Ew. It was still swollen and painful. Ow. There's a lot of there's a lot of axe injuries. I think I'd notice at least three when reading this, but 
Let's see. After being struck by the beam of light, the doctor was dazed and shaken. He woke his wife and told her what happened. She instantly saw that his ankle wound had completely disappeared. The next day, Dr. X realized that he no longer suffered from any type of paralysis. He no longer walks with a limp and has taken up take playing the piano again. <laughs> All right. So, you know. I mean, I'm happy for Dr. X. Um, you know. He's not that paralyzed from the Algerian war anymore. Yeah, that one's the most convincing story they've had so far. Good for them. Let's see. I mean, it is also from 1968, though, from a place where they don't speak English. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot. Also, a lot of these books, if you look at his references, this is from his third reference. A lot of these just come from the same books of that are also compiled books of stories like this. But okay, case 47, leg injuries. As investigated by French UFO researcher Guy Tarade, how do you say things in French? Guy, that's his name now. Guy T on August 11, 1969. <laughs> Ambulance driver Jean Miguerez was driving his ambulance towards Rouen, France, when he heard a telepathic voice say, do not be afraid. Nothing bad will happen to you. You will feel nothing. 20 minutes later, he was still driving when he saw a 60-foot-wide metallic object shrouded in mist moving towards him. The ambulance was moving at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> it's really fast. <laughs> at this moment, his ambulance was struck by an oncoming vehicle Miguerus didn't see it coming. I think I'm trying to say that more like it's a Spanish word than a French word. Miguerus? How do you Miguerus? If it's a if it's a um French word, it probably has like four silent letters. So it's probably like <laughs> Miguer or something like that. Miguer. <laughs> okay. Mr. M. <laughs> Our boy hadn't seen it coming. It was a head-on collision. So they're both dead. <laughs> when when Minueras was... I'm just going with how it looks to me. Okay. Miguerus was trapped in the wreckage of his vehicle, being materialized next to him. A being materialized next to him and assured him that he was injured but alive and that he would feel no pain. I'm going to regenerate you by a procedure that is not yet known to your planet, he told Miguerus. This I'll say it different each time. My 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 guerres. The being moved a one inch wide glowing white disc from a pouch in his belt and placed it against the nape of Mygaris's neck. He was he felt a prickling sensation move down his spinal column. The being said, "This accident was necessary for you. We will come back to see you." Good okay, so he's just been so he's been in a car accident at 100 miles per hour which they definitely don't do miles per hour in um france they definitely do kilometers per hour actually you know i said that with a lot of confidence and i don't know if it's true i'm pretty but, sure it's kilometers does france use miles or kilometers <laughs> Ah, uh, which countries use miles per hour or kilometers per hour? My favorite webpage. Okay, the only ones that use miles per hour are 
the U.S. and Britain. <laughs> so that was easy. Does Brit? I thought Britain used kilometers per hour. Guess not. No, apparently not miles. At least that's what it looks like from the picture. I actually don't know geography very well, but it looks like it. I see Northern Ireland there. I see little little Britain, little penis-shaped island. All right. So our boy was going 100 miles per hour, which is ridiculous, um, in an ambulance. Well, I guess maybe ambulances go 100 miles an hour, but it doesn't seem very safe. That's all I have to say. He's in a head-on collision. An alien says, this needed to happen to you. And, you know, rolls a stick down his back. Wait, a disc on him. Oh, down his neck. Wow, I got all that wrong. Anyway. God, I'm so tired. It's only (laughs) 2.30. Anyway. Mike Weiris. Megadab Diyasbeth. Suffered broken bones and serious injuries from the accident. He was rushed to the hospital. He underwent multiple operations and was declared clinically dead twice. Wow. So he wasn't healed very well. Yeah. <laughs> when his gallbladder burst, the beings t- telepathically told him to leave the hospital. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely no. not supposed to do that. <laughs> um, Miguerus left and was put in the Montepelier hospital near his home there he underwent more operations and had another near-death experience after three weeks in the hospital he was sent home the beings told him that he had succeeded in his mission and that they will continue to protect him unfortunately his injuries from the accident left him unhealed (laughs) um even three years later he was still in pain and unable to walk the aliens didn't do anything (laughs) all he did was go to a different hospital (laughs) well they, they came to him at the crash and they did something. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't dead. They so. told him he deserved the accident. They said, this is good that it happened to you. And then they left. And then... Sent him to a different hospital. And then he was in pain for three more years. <laughs> oh, okay. man. Let's see. You're going to really love how this one ends. <laughs> Unfortunately, his injuries from the accident left him unhealed. Even three years later, he was still in pain and unable to walk. Then one day, he began healing in record time and found himself able to walk, even without a limp. He also discovered that he had the gift of healing. He remains a telepath- in telepathic contact with the ETs and has written a book about his experiences. <laughs> if he's a healer, why couldn't he heal himself? <laughs> Um, well, they did say he was a healer. He said he, he also discovered that he had... Oh, yeah, he does have the gift of healing. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Maybe he just needed to realize until he had the gift of healing, he couldn't heal himself. <laughs> Imagine being in pain for three years and then discovering you had the gift of healing the whole time. And then I'd discovering be so- that you're Jesus. <laughs> I'd be so mad. Well, I mean, you can just heal yourself from death then. You'll just live forever. <laughs> Anyway, so this one, I was expecting to be way more fun than it actually was. But anyway, let's see. Shark bite on leg, case 173. In January 1991, store owner Amador Velez. anyway, saw a UFO hovering over a mountain in Las Cuchara in 
Ponce, Puerto Rico. Unknown to Velas, there was another witness, Jose Maria Fernandez Martinez, a fisherman and the father of seven children. <laughs> We're getting a lot of important details here. <laughs> also saw the UFO early the same week as Velas. When the object remained in space for more than ten in place for more than ten minutes, Fernandez grabbed his camera and tried to record it. At that moment his camera malfunction malfunctioned. Following the incident, something very strange happened. Some days earlier, Fernandez had been bitten by a shark. <laughs> As you do. His family and those around him saw Fernandez's wound on his lower leg, which was severe enough that everyone knew it would take a long time to heal. The morning after trying to film the UFO, Fernandez woke up to find his leg and foot healed, showing only a scar on his heel. I couldn't tell what the I cannot tell what the beings who came in and kissed the Oh god. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I cannot tell what the beings who came into the ship cured me. I cannot tell that the beings who came in the ship cured me. Okay, anyway. But something strange happened to me because my wound closed since that night. On the same evening, Fernandez's wife, Gloria Santiago, saw strange lights coming out of the water. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Case 216, knee injury, kidney stones. In June 1997, two friends were out hiking and fishing in a rural area outside of... Okay, I'm going to try my best. Borove Chelyabinsk, Russia. (laughs) When they saw an egg-shaped object landing in a field, one of the friends approached and suddenly found himself inside the object. (laughs) As you do. <laughs> do you ever just approach a house and suddenly find yourself in it? <laughs> All the time. It's kind of it's kind of become a problem, especially as a delivery driver. Yeah, sometimes you're just walking through a parking lot and you just boop, I'm just in someone else's car just hanging. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Have you ever done that though? Like gotten inside someone else's car? Like accident, like someone parks a car exactly like yours next to yours, and you like go to open it, and then you realize it's not them, and it's not your car, and then you make eye contact with the person inside their car. <laughs> You've never done yeah, that. Yeah, I have done that before. There was another time where um that happened to me, except I was inside the car. I was at Walmart. I th- <laughs> I don't remember. Like I was still in the car. I guess I was with somebody, and they were going. They were inside Walmart. And some lady, like, walked up to the door and, like, tried real hard to get in. Like, she was grabbing the door handle and, like, shaking it. And I was, like, terrified. And she looked inside and saw me and was like, I'm so sorry, and left. (laughs) I I straight up would have thought I was about to get abducted. (laughs) I I probably would have gotten out of the car and run. (laughs) Like, you can have the car. Just please don't take me, lady. I just wanted to wait for my mom to come out of Walmart. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm gonna Okay. Anyway. Uh okay. Let's see. He one of those friends approached and suddenly found himself inside the object with tall humanoids. He held a long conversation with them. They told him that there was no disease on their planet and they live for an average of five hundred years. 
I'm glad they also have a 365-day year on their planet. <laughs> okay. At one point, the witness asked the ETs, Can you heal my leg? I suffered a knee injury and it did not heal. The being replied, If you like, we will help you. Dude, I need this to happen to me. <laughs> that would be great. Just like stumble across some aliens, have a nice conversation while your par- like while your friends are outside freaking the fuck out. And then just be like, hey, so my knee kind of hurts. Can you fix it? <laughs> It'll be Yo, aliens. So this gets pretty this gets pretty wild. The being touched a device and three robotic type beings entered the room carrying instruments. The witness's seat transformed into a table. He was undressed and one of the ETs poured a greenish foam on the injured knee. Well it doesn't seem like you need to get undressed for that. Maybe just his pants. The foam <laughs> hardened, forming a cast. The witness couldn't recall what happened next. When he regained awareness, he was fully dressed and back in the chair. He touched his leg and felt no pain. His knee was flexible. He was cured. We have corrected your leg, said the E.T., and purified you of kidney stones. I didn't have any kidney pain, said the witness. You would have gotten sick, they replied. (laughs) Why do all alien medicines revolve around you being naked and being unconscious for a certain amount of time? I don't think I actually included any anal probing in this one. What a shame. Uh, let's see. And the witness what remembered only... Okay. <laughs> we have to keep a... Um... We have to keep up our our, our style. I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? We our set a clean precedent. image. Our, our clean, clean image. After we had an episode about the bear. <laughs> See, now I want you... You can't get rid of that um, dream book, by the way. You have to keep it, because if we assume all of these are dreams, then we can interpret them. It's true, it's true. All Unfortunately, right. I don't think the dream book made the move. I think it might have oh, gotten... No. It might have gotten uh, put in a Goodwill pile somewhere. Oh, I'm so sad. That's okay. Good thing that it's available for free online. <laughs> <laughs> I can just Google... I can control F it now. All right. Let's see. After what seemed like 15 minutes, the witness exited the craft. His friend was frantic and said that he had been missing for much longer. The witness remembered only approaching the craft. He did not remember anything that happened on board until one year later. (laughs) As you do. He did notice immediately that his leg was healed and saw a peculiar pink scar. He went to his doctor who confirmed that his knee was healed. He... (laughs) Okay. Okay. Can you imagine if, like, you're just hanging out and then suddenly you remember that you were abducted by aliens and healed? Like, just out of nowhere. You're just like, that did happen. And it's weird because a lot of time you'll notice that, like, um, what's the word? I can't think today. God, I'm a horrible person. But basically, like, they'll be like, And then they went under hypnotic regression. And it's like, okay, so then you planted ideas into their head (laughs) is basically what she's saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which have you ever heard of the, was it Barney and, I can't remember her name now. It's like the the first famous UFO case. Um, Maybe we'll we'll talk about it at some point. Okay. Let's see. Um, 
And in between these two stories, because I'm going to do two back to back, it says healing cases often involve the presence of entities of various appearances. Most common are greys, human looking ETs, and praying mantis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This next case involves a being that is extremely unusual. Oh, I'm ready. It's not a human-looking gray or freaking mantis one. Oh, that's unfortunate. (laughs) I was really hoping for a praying mantis. All right. Case 225, Broken Legs. In 1999, a man hiking along a cliffside path in the wilderness in the Grand Tetons in Wyoming slipped and fell. He broke his right leg above the ankle, and his left leg had a compound fracture to the femur. He woke up around dusk to find himself lying in a bush, unable to move. He had a water bottle and three energy bars. Let me just say, this is one of my greatest fears, and it is why I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> Having in, a- in my nightmares, though, it's me falling down like a crevice in Antarctica into the <laughs> ice, and then I just freeze to death while I bleed everywhere. <laughs> Good thing you're probably never going to go to Antarctica. I don't know. I kind Ugh. of thought of because you know you can like go there if you're like a scientist or whatever, and they have like job applications online where you can go to a research thing for like six months and just stay there and work. Are you planning on becoming a scientist? Oh well, I mean they need other things too. Like they need people to work construction and electricians, and they need people to work on computers, like me. <laughs> you know, they actually did have an opening for like one time I looked and they had an opening for someone working with technology, and I was just like. It's my calling, but I don't know if I would survive six months. I maybe if I take a gap year between my master's degree and my PhD, like that's when I could go to Antarctica for six months. See, you seem pretty certain about this. You don't seem like going to Antarctica makes you that uncomfortable. So I'm all for it. I don't know. I've always wanted, I've never been outside of the U.S. I've only been outside of southern U.S. like twice. And it wasn't until I was 14 was the first time. So that's I'm true. Like, I want to get I've, out of here. I've only been out of the U.S. once. I went to China. That was cool. But I was very young and I don't remember any of it. So I'm hoping one day Sammy and I are rich and we can like go on. I, I really, really, really want to go to Australia. Like, and I want to find my family in Australia because we're like several, we're like three generations removed from when they came over. But <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. I think Australia's cool as fuck. They have a lot of unions over there. Yeah, they also have a lot of things that can kill you. Yeah, but I love animals. <laughs> you go <laughs> see cute. a kangaroo. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and the kangaroo can beat me up, and I'll be happy. <laughs> Finally, happy. Okay. <laughs> He survived the night, but in the morning was in too much pain to move. His right thigh was now so swollen that he had to cut his pants open. Two days Uh. later, the hiker was still waiting for help. He had consumed all food and water and was struggling to remain conscious. Suddenly, the hiker realized that somebody was picking him up and carrying him. It was a normal-looking man. When they reached the trail, the rescuer closed his eyes. Suddenly, the hiker saw a strange red glow appear around him and he wondered if he was hallucinating about 10 minutes later another figure appeared covered from head to toe in light blue feathers with no other clothes the hiker wondered if he was hallucinating again or if the figure was wearing a costume the feathered beings began to examine the hiker's legs the being put his hands on the biker's chest and closed his eyes again 
the hiker who was still being held by his initial rescuer saw a red glow engulf him afterward the man released the hiker and let him stand on his own the hiker was amazed to find that both of his legs were healed as though they had never been injured the beings said that they were friendly and were here to protect him the hiker learned that the feathered being was female <laughs> okay and that's it <laughs> all right that's, good that's the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> He learned that she that they were female somehow. Hmm. They told him. That's what he knew. <laughs> Not from her massive boobs. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. So let's see. Case two fifty eight. Knee pain, improved vision. When he was a lot of these people old, have knee pain. Aliens seem really keen on solving knee pain. It also could be that I've selected a lot of knee ones that were funny to me. (laughs) Although the one right before this that I'm not reading is broken knee. (laughs) (laughs) And then before that is broken legs, knee injury. Also, this is the chapter about um, legs. So that's why it seems that way. I picked a lot of leg ones. Yeah, but I feel like a broken knee is more common than a... I mean, a broken leg is more common than a broken knee, but maybe I'm... Well, I'm part of the master race in that I've never broken an, uh, um, a bone. So I same. Know. Same, same, same. All right. When he was 16 years old, Corey was on a Boy Scout camping trip. Location unknown. Somewhere in the USA. <laughs> you could have just said USA. <laughs> and experienced a UFO abduction during which he was examined by gray ETs. It was a positive experience, and Corey longed to stay with the ETs. They refused, but told him that they would see him again. Years later, in September 2009, Corey woke up in the middle of the night to a strange back pain. He went to the mirror and found strange marks on his back that were sore and tender. As he examined himself, he spontaneously recalled that he had just been visited by ETs. He recalled that he and his wife were both taken into a strange building with windows all around the walls. Many other people were also in the room. Outside was an unfamiliar grassy area. (laughs) Everyone suddenly evacuated the room, at which point several UFOs appeared, including one directly over the building. The UFO emitted a brilliant beam of light. I walked into the light. (laughs) Everyone else is walking away, but I'm going to walk into it, said Corey. And it felt good. It penetrated into me and felt like a healing light. (laughs) It's a a light. Okay, Caleb, you've never been warmed by the sun. (laughs) I've never said I have been penetrated by the sun. (laughs) Maybe you should. Maybe you should. (laughs) I did not stay long in the light because it was so powerful that I felt it could burn me. The next thing Corey knew, he was talking to a gray that was somehow disguised as a human. Oh, It was asking him a series of confusing questions, and Corey felt that he was trying to hypnotize him. In an effort to break the spell, he looked away. That's when he saw that each of the other people around him also had a gray alien standing next to them. He saw a gray moving one person's eye and then replacing it. Another appeared to be undergoing various operations, though everyone seemed to be in some sort of daze. There, the dream ended. A few days later, Corey began to notice several strange symptoms. Earlier, he had had a major surgery on both shoulders to repair damage to his joints. The surgery was a success, and he was close to enjoying full range of motion again. However, both of his knees suffered from the same condition and were swollen and painful. Following the experience, however, his knee pain was unaccountably gone. The only explanation Corey could find was his strange alien experience. 
I believe the aliens examined my shoulders and they saw the types of surgeries that were done on them and did something similar with my knees. I believe that other people that I was with had similar things done to them by the aliens. I have also noticed that my vision has become better and my sense of smell is better. (laughs) Why was he healed? Corey believes and might be because he has hybrid alien children. (laughs) I have wondered about hybrid alien children, he says, and if they have the human desire to know who their parents are and if they come back to see their par- their human parents so he- then they <laughs> then they may help their parent out by healing them from an illness this i believe is what happened in my case <laughs> so he's saying that when he was a boy scout and like he was abducted that first time he he got dirty with the aliens and had alien babies. Yes, that is what he's saying. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why he wanted to stay with them. <laughs> I'm so upset that the aliens wouldn't let him see his children. They came back to see him, so it's okay. They did come back, but the aliens should have let him see his kids. The aliens are a bunch of carrots, and they took his kids. he was eight years old and already a dad (laughs) dad's an alien I don't (laughs) I don't know if eight year olds are able to impregnate well maybe they can impregnate aliens I don't know I don't know how it works with alien sex okay (laughs) that one's my favorite story so far yeah Uh, that one's pretty good (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. U.S. Army veteran Ruth Simmons of Alaska experienced a remarkable UFO healing after being injured aboard a UFO during an abduction. She reports being taken many times. She thinks one of the reasons she was chosen by the ETs was because I am very strong. (laughs) In quotes. The only only requirement. Yeah. (laughs) Despite this, the encounters are frightening, and she sometimes tries to resist them. I was on a table in an upright or standing position, Simmons says, describing the 2013 encounter, date approximate, in which she was healed, and around me were four little beige beings, two tall blondes and a dark curly-haired man. They had secured my upper body and were attempting to secure my legs. While they were doing this, a robotic arm was moving into position over my lower abdomen. I kicked my left leg up and actually impaled myself on a sharp edge that was under the robotic arm. The little beige aliens became frantic, and I got the feeling that they were distressed, like, she hurt herself, she hurt herself. All right, what happened next can only be described as incredible. One of the blonde aliens came, said Simmons, and put his hand over my injury and wiped off my leg, and then I saw that my leg was healed, but there was a scar, and that's when the dark-haired man mind-talked to me and told me not to worry. The scar would eventually fade, and my leg would look like it always had. Earlier, Simmons had given birth by C-section and now had an unsightly scar and stretch marks. Okay. During her experience, she decided to make a request. I asked him to get rid of my C-section and my stretch marks. The man smiled. I can't do that, he said. Why not, Simmons inquired. Because people will know we are here. Well, what if I tell people you are here, Simmons said. Well, no one will believe you. And she said, yep, you are right. No one will. (laughs) I'm glad that um, the aliens got rid of a scar so that there was no evidence. (laughs) 
like the the star where she impaled herself on a sharp object that they had next to a hospital bed for some reason <laughs> on a long robotic arm <laughs> yeah um so it, under this it says the let's see the cases come from all over the world race religion and education do not seem to be determinative factors we increase it is increasingly apparent Many people who report healings have professions that are helpful towards See, humanity. I doubt that because I bet if you asked someone in like, you know, inland Africa, if they had ever been inducted by an alien, they would say they would look at you very confusedly. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> Caleb, they just they just don't understand what they see. Caleb. <laughs> Obviously, they they don't understand. They're not smart like us educated white people that believe in aliens. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, it's like, also, close. I feel like that's more of a Western thing because I thinking about it, I don't really hear people in, like, Asian countries besides Russia. Um, but Russia is more Western than it is Asian in its culture anyway. Um, talking about aliens, you know? You don't really hear, like, you know, Indian people or Chinese people talking about being abducted by aliens. Japan, maybe, but that's just because they're Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, So far from what we saw, most of this has been in the U.S. We had a couple in Russia and then some in Central America, like Puerto Rico and stuff. So, um, in, I would like to say in South America, they're big on the aliens. So they got big, big, bad alien stories. All right. Case 276. Cut on toe. Elena de Castillo had her first encounter at age three when she saw a short glowing humanoid sitting next to her crib in her home in the United States as a teenager. (laughs) Teen dash ager, my favorite, <laughs> and adult. She became very interested in UFOs and the paranormal. In 2012, Del Castillo had a close up sighting with a. S- what? Sighting <laughs> of a silvery. This must be a typo or something. A very flying. An SIL, very flying disc only about. What in the world? I'm losing my mind. Okay, basically, there was a disc 200 feet. 250 feet above her. Mm-hmm. On the morning of July 13th, 2014, Del Castillo was giving herself a pedicure when she accidentally cut deeply into her skin of her left, her third left toe. She began to bleed, so she quickly washed the wound and applied bandages. She spent an active day and returned home in the evening to find her toe throbbing with pain. Not too concerned, she went to bed. However, as the night progressed, she woke up in excruciating pain. Just to touch her left foot caused agonizing pain. She realized she may have to go immediately to the ER. She quickly prayed for assistance. Then almost immediately, a large grapefruit-sized violet orb of light appeared and floated towards her and stopped right in front of her face. I then felt and saw the orb enter my shoulder. I I felt the sensation of a warm energy trickle down my body and reach my toe. It was the most incredible feeling of instantaneous relief and comfort from the horrible pain, and just like that, it was gone. I never witnessed the orb leave, but I knew that it had healed me. Del Castillo went to bed, and on the morning, in the morning, her shoulder was still present. Her wound was still present, but there was no redness, swelling, or pain. 
So uh, she went to points? bed, dreamed about her wound being healed, and then woke up with the wound healing as normal. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> she reports having had previous paranormal experiences, but this was her this was her only healing. <sighs> Okay, this one's pretty short, so I'll include this one, too. We're getting close to the end here, though. Case 260... Okay, so earlier we examined the case of Dr. X, a medical doctor who was cured of an axe wound on his foot. The next case from researcher Artie Sixkiller Clark, literally S-I-X-K-I-L-L-E-R, <laughs> Artie Sixkiller Clark, also involves the healing of an axe wound on the foot. The witness is also a medicine woman working for the health and wellness of her community. As we shall see, there are a number of cases involving doctors. Some people call me a medicine woman, says Belle, a Native American from, or maybe it's Belle, I don't know. Anyway, this is case 261, axe wound on foot. A Native, and so Belle, she's a Native American in Alaska. I don't like the title medicine woman. I'm just an old woman who knows about plants. Belle lives in a remote Alaskan village with about 40 houses. Not far from the village, says Belle, is a sacred field where the star people come and visit with a local population or collect the native healing plants. Says Belle, they are our ancestors and they care about us, and about, and, but some are also scientists. They measure the levels of pollution. They examine the earth with the plants to determine if there are poisons, if there are poisons that are changing them. On one occasion, date not given, circa 2000s, Belle was healed by the ETs. I was shopping one one day, says Belle, when I hit my foot with the axe. It went all the way through my shoe. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. no, this could be worse. Went all the way through my shoe and into my foot. By the time I freed myself from the axe, my shoe was filled with blood. All my kids were at school. I tied a dish rag around my foot and tried to stop the blood. Suddenly, they, the star people, appeared, and they untied the dishcloth, and with their hands, they took away the pain and the bleeding. After that, I walked normal and never had any problems. There's still a scar, though. The star people saved me. Good for her. So. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> it's a lot less traumatizing than Dr. X's story. <laughs> yeah, th- although um, getting your foot chopped open by- with an axe is pretty horrifying. That's true. <laughs> I will not be doing the separated Achilles tendon because I cannot stand stories about Achilles tendons. It upsets me too much. So you'll have to buy the book if you want to hear about it. Okay, so we are nearing the end of this episode. I think I have two more stories for you. Let me look. Yes, two more. Okay. This is from Chapter 5, Abdomen and Chest. So uh, this chapter focuses on injuries involving the abdomen and chest. There are only a half dozen of these, not a lot, and those fall into two main categories, incisions and hernias. These cases, although not particularly numerous, exhibit the same patterns we've seen in other cases. Okay, case 97, abdominal abdominal incision. In November 1981, Denise Twiggs of Hubbard, Oregon, gave birth to her son Christopher by cesarean section. She had planned to deliver him naturally, but unforeseen complications demanded an immediate surgery. The umbilical cord was wrapped around Christopher's neck. Luckily, there was no difficulties, and Christopher was born a healthy, normal baby. Denise was disappointed to have a C-section as the recovery process is longer than with natural birth. However, Denise had alien friends who actually visited the hospital room and sped up the healing process of her incision. The, let's see, Androme doctors visited me. 
giving me a helpful hand with my recovery. My human doctor was amazed at how quickly I was healing. Denise didn't tell him about her ET encounters. I know that whenever they say ET, they're talking, you know, they say they mean extraterrestrials because I know that's what it stood for in the first place. But every time they say ET, I just imagine the guy from the movie. E.T. Go home. Okay. (laughs) We have already examined a few cases in which people have been vivisected aboard a UFO and then instantly healed. The following case is a typical example of this type of procedure. Although technically there is a healing, it wouldn't be necessary if the E.T.s hadn't caused the incision in the first place. Instead of providing evidence of E.T. benevolence, these rare... Cases seem to show that ETs are experimenting on humans with little regard for the emotional well-being of their patients. <laughs> At the very least, their bedside manner could do some significant improvement. <laughs> the next case of a UFO caused injury and subsequent healing comes from researcher Carla, Tur- Carla Turner, PhD. Oh, she's got a PhD. Very good. Yeah, I mean, you can get a PhD in anything if you have enough <laughs> money and try hard enough. <laughs> All right. Case 129, abdominal. Oh, God, why can't I say abdominal anymore? I keep trying to say abominable. (laughs) Abdominal. Oh, God, I almost did it again. Abdominable snowman. Abdominable (laughs) incision. In In October of 1988, Fred of New York City was abducted from a friend's apartment. His conscious memory of the event was virtually non-existent. The only indications that something had happened were the time lapse in his memory and several scratches, marks, and bruises on his body. Later, he began having some dream recall of the event and eventually underwent hypnotic regression and recovered the event in its entirety. Oh, wow. Of course. You know. (laughs) You, we all know that hypnosis is a valid way to get memories from people. He remembers being taken aboard a craft. He was given standard medical examination and sperm was removed. As Mm. you normally are during a standard medical examination. I wouldn't know. I don't have sperm. While in the medical room, he saw other operations occurring. He observed one animal injected with a needle, which extracted fluid from its body, probably blood. Anyway, I I added that part. (laughs) Fred also saw a nude woman lying perfectly still on the table. To his horror, he saw saw that the woman had a large surgical incision down the center of her chest. She has been opened up, Fred explained. It has a vertical incision from the top of her chest down to the groin area. Unable to move, Fred watched the gray aliens insert their hands inside the woman's chest cavity. Fred then noticed that the woman's legs were spread eagle with clamps around her ankles and a log tube-like instrument was inserted into her vagina. Fred had the impression that the examination of the woman himself and the animal were part of a related experiment experiment involving reproduction. This was strictly surgical, Fred said. At one point, Fred saw another gray-type alien holding a small instrument with lights on it approach the woman. The alien pointed the laser beam of light at the incision and healed the cut what what he is doing to the skin as he pulls it together it's just sealing it up as if there wasn't any cut fred explains he uses the light pulls the skin together and then you can't tell she was ever cut all right that that is chapter one through five um cases from the healing powers of UFOs, 300 true accounts of people healed by extraterrestrials of what I found the highlights to be anyway. Um, Very good. Up next, um, uh, next time I record an episode, 
which could be next week, could be never, who knows. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. There are actually 28 chapters in this book. So next time, I'm probably going to um, either not read as many stories or... Well, we also won't do an intro where I'm kind of like talking about the author and stuff. So mm-hmm. it should go a little bit faster. And I'm going to probably like pick some more um short ones and maybe just paraphrase some of them instead of reading the whole thing some of them just have so many unnecessary details <laughs> but we got through part one healing of injuries yeah no part one is actually chapters one through nine but i forgot that i didn't care for any of the stories within chapter six through nine so you're missing out on neck and back head injuries body injuries and burns i'm sorry it's fine I- i'll get over it you get over it yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll work on. But anyway, yeah, this book is intense and bizarre. And um, yeah, you should definitely go read it. I highly, highly recommend it. It is hilarious. And it's only $10 on Kindle. <laughs> or you can find it literally for free online. So I'm glad you decided to give him money. Just help him out a little bit. Hey, man, I I read it. I enjoyed it, and you know he's still living. He's still kicking. He needs money for his um, it's true. you know, stuff. So anyway, all right. Well, do you have anything else to say about our my new alien series? Um, I'm excited to hear more. Is what I have to say. More, yes, very exciting for literally a few days from now. We're not recording on our regular day because. It's been a garbage week, I just have to say. <laughs> also, see how you can apply this alien knowledge in your own lives. <laughs> see see how you can wow your friends with alien knowledge and teach them how to pray to aliens. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, you can follow the podcast Twitter at um, not. Well, shit, what is it? Not underscore attic pod. Oh, at not underscore attic pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at Spiffer with four Fs. And you can follow me, cat, at tofu waifu 96. Pretty sure it's 96. Yeah, it's 96. I, I do not have four Fs. I'm sorry. <laughs> tofu waifu. Oh, yeah. shit. There's two. I can double them up. Anyway, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>